Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Ever heard that quote? Yeah? Well, the greatest trick that Marxists, leftists ever pulled was convincing the world that communism did exist. That countries like Cuba or China or the USSR were ever effectively communist. They weren't. Communism as a governing philosophy has never actually existed. It's only a philosophy that these regimes use to get the proletariat, the little guy, to fight to put them in power. That only ever has existed, idealistically, in the minds of those fighters who get screwed over immediately once the party's in power. After the bloody revolution, or maybe it's bloodless and they just steal the election, like the Democrats and Stalin. Whatever the case, after the election, the party's ensconced in power, free speech ends, and the middle class, and thus upward mobility, is immediately eliminated, and everybody serves the party. In China, officially speaking, there are only 10 commandments. And yes, they do allow some churches to function, as long as the party runs them. Nine commandments. Which one do you think they eliminated? Thou shalt not kill? <laughs> no. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That one. Why? Because in these societies, the party functions as a god, with everyone else enslaved to it. If you want to read something that'll shock your mind, totally change the way you look at this society and all the others, read We the Living by Ayn Rand. It's about her time, and I've recommended it to you before, in Soviet Russia. And actually being on the streets of Soviet Russia after the revolution was nothing like we've been told. Her father had owned a small business. It left them roughly upper middle class. And what happened? Well, the party went in and confiscated and redistributed among the poor. No, no, party leaders were given those businesses and allowed to run them. You want one single anecdote to understand how these societies actually work? And by the way, folks, China is not communist. China is a country run by an oligarchic criminal gang. It calls itself communist for cover because it doesn't want to describe what it actually is. It's a criminal gang running a slave state full of slaves. And the only way to end your slavery to the extent you even can is to join the criminal gang. That's it. Here's the anecdote from We the Living that drove it all home for me. And it's happening right now in our society. People don't recognize what it is. There'd been a high-end steak joint in town, the kind you or your family probably go to, I don't know, twice a year. Big night out, graduation, that kind of thing, right? Every city has one. 
Before the revolution, business owners, aristocrats, people like that had gone to the steak joint. You'd see their nice cars outside. After the revolution, their nice cars were still parked outside. Well, wait, I thought the little guy who fought the Russian revolution was supposed to get the steak. Everything was supposed to be distributed, but it wasn't. See, those same cars will still parked outside. And there's a scene in the book where Ayn Rand, who goes as a character named Kira, she said it was the closest to an autobiography she'd ever write. So this is her experience, what she saw. Um, she's looking into the state joint where, you know, her family had gone a couple times a year. And the cars were pulling up, limos and Bentleys. And they had been confiscated by the party. And guess who was going inside the restaurant now? After the revolution, these idealistic party leaders who'd convinced the people they were just looking out for them. They were going to redistribute. They were pulling up in the cars, stolen cars. She had actually known who'd owned them before. And the party leaders had taken them. And nobody was allowed inside the steak joint but them. There was nobody else. And the street troops, the fighters, the little guys, nowhere to be found. They weren't allowed in either. Communism isn't real. It's never real. It's a figment of the imagination used to induce people to overthrow their governments and put the party in power. Then society is enslaved to serve the party. A friend of mine experienced this firsthand. He owns a vineyard and he, when he was young, was an idealistic young Marxist slash socialist. He wanted to be on the front lines of the fight. So where did he go? At the time, that was Nicaragua. He wanted to fight with the Sandinistas after their revolution in 1979. He wanted to fight for the little guy. So he goes down, <laughs> incredibly, he's a really interesting guy. He goes, he goes down to Nicaragua and he embeds with them and they accept him. Everything's great. Um, and they send him to a banana plantation that had been owned by a very wealthy family. But as the months passed, he began to realize something was very, very wrong. The banana plantation, which produced a ton of bananas for export, hadn't been given to the workers, to the little guy at all. It'd been turned over to party members who were living there in the wealthy accommodations, the big house, the sprawling land, and the much needed food that was still being exported for profit. And where'd the profit go? Right into the pockets of the party leaders it had been given to as a reward. The workers who'd always worked there went right on working there. In fact, the family who had owned it was allowed to live on the property because they knew how to run it, but they were robbed blind. He tried to reason with these party members. This wasn't the communism or socialism he'd been promised. This looked nothing like it. In fact, this looked only like theft. So what'd he do? Came back to the U.S., finished college, registered Republican, and voted for Ronald Reagan. Why? Because Reagan was fighting the Sandinistas. That's right, the same socialist group he'd join in hopes of hoping to bring about this glorious Marxist revolution that wasn't real. The same thing happens today in China. A lot of Americans mistakenly think that China has a middle class. It doesn't. People spend their lives trying to get party membership, starting with recruitment, very similar to ROTC, in the sixth grade. They're pre-selected, and it goes into their 20s. And that's what you have to do if you want to own a business, if you want to be middle class, those are only doled out to party members in high standing. That's not communism. That's not equal distribution. That's criminal thuggery. Now, I've argued we've never actually seen a functioning communist society in our lifetimes, not in the last century. 
Okay, now look at what's going on in this country in the last couple of weeks, and you'll begin to see the outlines of it. Having grown bold after stealing the five swing states and telling themselves they can do it again, the Democrats are beginning to reveal to Americans, to the world, who they are. They're not hiding it anymore. In fact, they've gotten sloppy. It started last week when the Green New Deal bill, rebranded as the Inflation Resumption Act, raised people's taxes in part to pay for tax credits for electric vehicles that average in cost $56,000. Prominent Democrat pollster and statistician Nate Silver told us point blank what they're doing on his popular Twitter feed. It fairly efficiently redistributes well-being toward people in the Democrat coalition. Youngish, middle class-ish, it's because they're upper middle class, college grad attendees equals, he writes, a very D, as in Democrat, group. His next tweet, which is clearly to the politicians passing it, says, so it's a very transactional piece of public policy, directly serving the interest of the people who elected you. Now watch this. Everything in our society is being geared toward the biggest pot of money available. That would be the money possessed by the upper, middle, lower middle classes um, and the, I would call them, transitioning lower class. It's the biggest pot of money in our society. Corporate America doesn't even have a pot of money that big. To, to take all of that and redirect it to members of the party in good standing, those vaunted groups who will get the money. So who is that? Okay, who's getting a tax increase in the Inflation Resumption Act? That's what's paying for this. That passed a week ago. 97% of households, not people, households, making $100,000 to $200,000. 91% of households making seventy-five dollars to $100,000. Folks, that's a cop and a teacher. 61% of those earning between forty dollars and $50,000. That's an electrician and a part-time dental hygienist. 24% of those earning ten dollars to $20,000. That's a single mom running a, a nail salon out of her living room. Now, this is remarkable because a lot of these people haven't even paid taxes since before Clinton. This is the Democrats eating their own to support the lifestyle of the party. And they don't intend to stop. Democratic Representative Richard Neal of Massachusetts, and I don't know why this didn't get more coverage, even promised last week that if the Democrats keep control of the House in the midterms, they're going to raise taxes again both on individuals and corporations. What are they doing? We should know after watching them for 150 years in all the countries they've taken over. They're eliminating the... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Middle class and distributing all the money upward to chosen classes of voters who did not earn it. Look at what's going on, for instance, in California today where they plan to ban all gas-powered vehicles 
by 2035. Again, right now, the average EV costs $56,000. You just heard those tax stats. They're going to be taxing families, households that make $56,000 to pay for electric subsidies so somebody who can buy a car that costs that much. What's going on there? Well, when you look at California, and California just shows us where the Democrats are going. It's usually the first place they can get their stuff passed. What does that mean? Well, it essentially means that purchasing a car that's affordable will be outlawed. Most because people are going to be able to afford it. So they'll hold on to their gas guzzlers for as long as possible until they just can't drive anymore. And the families that do buy those cars, they'll have one car per family instead of two. But with skyrocketing electric prices, remember, because you have to charge the thing. Don't forget, natural gas just tripled in price. Americans tripled in price. Americans are in for an incredible shock when they turn on their heat and get the first bill this fall. So what's going to happen? You're going to have families that can now only afford one car, but can't afford to charge it much. And so it's going to end up um, stuck in the driveway. What is the purpose of this? Eliminate the middle class. Basically, what you're seeing Democrats do is follow the model of Venezuela. 25 years ago, Venezuela was the richest nation in the hemisphere because of energy. We are exactly that nation. The largest growth category According to the Department of Labor, every quarter under Trump was what? Minerals and mining. So that's oil, natural gas, fracking, minerals, and coal, right? So they got to take a sledgehammer to that to end upward mobility. This is what they're doing. This is a deliberate policy. Ask yourself this. How can anyone afford to buy an EV, much less plug it in, when you get this headline from Bloomberg? More Americans than ever can't afford to pay their electric bill. This is another all-time high. They say a tsunami of shutoffs is coming this fall. That's not surprising, with natural gas prices tripling. And don't tell yourself, oh, I'm on an electric. No, it doesn't matter. Um, Because um, when those prices go up, it goes up across the board. Listen to this. More than 20 million American households have fallen behind on their utility bills. That's about one out of every six homes. The amount they owe is the highest ever, but it's also doubled since before the pandemic. Why is that? Well, because electric prices have increased by 15% over the last year. They're currently going up at about 1.9% a month. That's 22% a year. So with more people owing more money, Bloomberg explains, utilities are getting more aggressive about cutting off delinquent customers. And it looks like about one out of six in the coming months will see that cut off. But they'll be grateful just to have a roof over their head because there's another record number coming. And that comes out of the New York Fed. It's an incredible number, first highlighted by Trump economist Steve Cortez a couple of weeks ago. And it's this. 10 million households are currently behind on either their rent or mortgage payments, and 4 million of them expect to default in the coming months. Well, that is an absolute catastrophe because guess what? If you have a mortgage or you rent, your price is locked in, right? To a lease or a mortgage. You go out there, get a new mortgage or a new lease. Housing prices are up 19% year over year. So people can't afford their current mortgage or rent. They're out the door. They can't get a new place. It's more expensive. We're going to have a homelessness crisis by families, the likes of which we've never seen. By the way, it's about 4 million who say that. So one in six can't even keep the lights on. Um, Four million households are looking at being out the door. 
And then the most shocking statistic of all, an all-time high in the gain in balances and credit cards in a single year, 51% increase for subprime credit card holders. That comes from the New York Fed, too. We've never seen that before, not even during the Great Recession. So what does this mean? Americans are digging into their savings. Oh, I forgot this one. Bloomberg reported this, too. Listen to this. A year ago, after the pandemic, mind you, American savings um, totaled $3.9 trillion with a T. Now it's $986 billion. Yes, that's a 75% reduction. So what's happening? The poorest Americans are putting by inflation on a credit card. Others who had savings are burning through it on the theory that this will all end. But what they don't understand is that the Democrats are committed to making this a lifestyle. Permanent, never-ending, 7 to 10% inflation. They've accepted it. And they've told us this. All the economic models that came from the Fed that showed inflation tapering off um, toward the end of 2024... Yeah, that was just the inflation from the American Rescue Act, which was $2 trillion, and the infrastructure bill, which was another trillion dollars. Since then, well, last week we just spent another trillion. Oh, and the loan repayments, according to University of Pennsylvania at Wharton, which scores these bills, that $300 billion price tag you're seeing, that's a low end. They're saying it could go as high as a trillion. Guess where that'll come from? Yeah, we're going to print it. So... Um, These inflationary rates will now go far beyond 2024. We're going to stay at this level. The Democrats have already decided this. The American people just haven't figured it out. They still think this is temporary and will come out of it. But remember, number two in Democrat leadership, Jim Clyburn, Representative Jim Clyburn, second only to Nancy Pelosi, and I can't play this clip for you enough, telling us the Democrats deliberately caused this inflation when they passed the American Rescue Act. You start uh, putting money out the way we did with the Rescue Act, are you going to fan inflation? It just, that I know. That's elementary. Now listen to the second half of that clip, which I don't play as much, where he says, nah, I don't regret causing the inflation. I just regret not preparing people for it. What does he mean? This is their policy going forward. All I can say, we may have done a better job preparing people for what was going to take place. But remember, it is a pretty good thing to have something to inflate. And so I think that um, I think that uh, the American people uh, will come around to a better way of thinking about this, but we've got to do a little better job of helping them. So on top of all of that, the cost of the college loan repayment program is going to be, according to Penn Wharton, between $300 billion and $980 billion. That's almost a trillion. They'll print most of that. Americans will largely pay for it in the grocery store. An inflated food cost. Think how cruel that is. But they actually calculated out the cost of repaying it. Taxpayers will repay some of it, too. The rest of it will be printed and it'll be paid in inflation. But anyway, what is the cost per taxpayer? You ready for this? You might want to sit down. Three to six thousand dollars folks this is with one in six americans looking at having their utilities shut off this is with four million american households looking at being thrown out of their house again what are they doing they're following the venezuela model venezuela at its peak 25 years ago before the socialists took over was the wealthiest nation in the hemisphere mostly because of Um, you know, 
fuel, fossil fuel. This is why we're so wealthy. Our biggest GDP category, growth category, every single quarter of the Trump presidency, according to, La- according to the Labor Department, was minerals and, and mining, you'll remember. So that's drilling for oil, natural gas, coal, minerals, etc. fracking. That's all of that, right? So they are going to smash that like they did in Venezuela. Why? Because they want to eliminate the middle class. They want to eliminate upward mobility. They want to take the pot of money that once belonged to the middle class for themselves. We saw this from everybody from the Sandinistas to the Chinese uh, to Stalin to the USSR. Um, But they want to induce such desperate struggle to survive, to keep the lights on, to keep the roof over your head, that you are obsessed with that. And you don't have the time, the means, or the energy after you take care of your family to come after them and whatever's left for them. Um, you know, in terms of an angry public, they'll deal with through thuggery, through 87,000 IRS agents that are going to shake these people. And you're going to need an IRS agent to come take it from you because you're so broke, you're going to have to hide what little you have. Anyway, that is the plan. And I couldn't be happier with it. Wait, what? No, I am thrilled. Folks, I am in my 16th year of doing this. And I thought for the longest time, as I could see this 16 years ago, I knew what they were. I thought we would just gradually and quietly slide into authoritarianism and wake up in it and have no idea how we got there. But we're not gonna. They're going full bore. I can't believe they're showing the public who they are. And so, you know, if we did this quietly and gradually, as we were doing under Obama, it just sort of looked like U.S. was in malaise, was sort of in decline. It was really hard to identify why. It's crystal clear right now. Because the Democrats aren't afraid because they're telling themselves, oh, if we get in jam, we'll just steal the election uh, like we did in the swing states. I know that's what they're telling themselves. In the process, they are revealing themselves. They are breaking the back of an economy growing at 6 to 7% when Joe Biden took office right in front of us at warp speed in a mad dash for power. This is the best thing that's happened to freedom in a long time because they're not hiding. The American people are going to be given this gift that we can actually see this sped up in fast motion and know the causes. What is the gift? The choice. See, if you can't see what's causing it, and most importantly, who, you can't fight it. You're just swatting at a pinata in the dark. We were swatting at that pinata in the dark for 15 years. I couldn't get even people in my conservative talk audience to believe these people really were what they were. They thought they were merely misguided, stupid, economically uneducated. No, they're sharp, smart, and evil as hell. And they want to do exactly the Venezuela playbook. It works. The lights go out. There's no running water at the hospitals. People knock over uh, food trucks for a living. The guns are redistributed to members of the party in good standing. And the desperate people kill the zoo animals, not their political leaders, because they're trying to eat. This is where they're going. But we're not going to slide into it like Venezuela. We're going full bore at warp speed. Everybody able to see, they should be able to, what's going on. It's the best shot I've seen us have at turning around things in years. So bring it. Let them see, really see what the policies they voted for look like in practice. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.